Bible time. It's Bible time. Yep. Okay, welcome to Freedom Current. Freedom Current. Hey, so Freedom Current is a podcast with with two guys, and we're just talking about the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. That's right. And you're Brock. I'm Brock Glaze. And I'm Jeremiah. You're Jeremiah. Yeah. Jeremiah Kinney. And here we go. We're going to talk about, which one are we on? The Number anx- 12? Yeah. Luke 10 and 12, anxious and troubled is what we rolled our dice last okay. time. Okay. Excellent. Anxious and troubled. So do you want to read since this the last week? time we podcasted? I have been really well. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, working. Mm-hmm. Some ups and downs. Yeah, kids going to school, yeah. doing their thing. Yeah. yeah, ups and downs, just changes at work. But it's, all, it's it's been fine. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Very good. Very good. Okay, well, super. Let's look at Luke 10, verse 38 through 42. We're going to read about Mary and Martha. Oh, yes. I love this story. And then we're going to skip to Luke 12, where my ESV Bible says, do not be anxious. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Yes. Element OP. Element OP. Hey. Luke 10 and then 12. Luke 10 and then 12. Do not be anxious. All right. Where are we? Are are we reading the whole chapter? Or is there a place? We're going to start at verse 38, where you're, are you using an ESV? I'm using ESV. So it should say Mary and Martha down at the bottom of Luke 10. It does. We're going to start right there. All right. Do you want to read it? I'll read. And then do you want to pray when I'm done reading? Yep. And then we'll talk about it. Okay. Now I have not read this one in advance. So we're going to, but that's how we usually do it. Yeah. So we're going to just shoot from the hip. Here we go. That's the best way. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. All right, and then let's go over to Luke 12. And we'll start in verse 22, and we'll read down to verse 34. And Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? 
And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hmm. Interesting. All right. I'll pray. Dear Lord Jesus, uh, we're reading words that you actually spoke to your disciples. Um, We're reading a story first about Mary and Martha and about uh, decisions and anxiety and um, things that we all uh, at some point in our life are are going to be presented and struggle with possibly. I pray that you would help us to learn um, deep wisdom Mm. from these words. Uh, I pray that you would help us to understand what it means to lay up treasures um, in heaven and not worry about uh, putting clothes on our back in this earth and what it means to um, free ourselves from attachments and be able to give to the needy so that we have a hope uh, of your kingdom that that just overwhelms any other thoughts um, of anxiety. And I just pray for anyone who's listening, that if they're anxious about something, that they would continue listening and that something we say might um, plant a seed in their heart to have them go look at these verses themselves and get a, get a word from your Holy Spirit uh, for their life. Um, and I just thank you for being such a good Lord. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Wow, those are cool. I I know. I really like that this was on the board because anxious and freedom don't go together. They don't. And yeah, and man, I've got some questions about this. So okay. I'm glad we're doing this too. Well, let's dive in. And I remember last week we thought we thought I think we thought this was short. Like a yes. short little short little passage and it's not long by any right. means, but it's very meaty. Yeah, there's lots of words in here that we can talk about. Oh yeah. Lots of ideas. Yeah, and honestly these could have been two topics too. Yeah. Now the Mary Martha one is pretty short. Yeah. So we kinda did need the verses it in might twelve. Have need a little bit of uh, of a boost. Yeah. And so the tie there is the word <coughs> anxious. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious. And then he goes on a couple chapters later to talk about being anxious. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the Martha Mary yeah, section first. I agree. First. I agree. Let's do. Okay, so what do you want to talk about with that? What, what stands out to you? Was there like a... a, a, a you, know the, you know the story. Yeah. Was there like a word or a concept or a, a, a mental picture mm-hmm. that stood out to you? Yes. Somebody has to be 
in there doing this stuff. Like somebody has to be doing it. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And so what if Martha was just like, okay, I'm just going to come listen too. I want to listen. Yeah. Then the stuff doesn't get done. Ever. But I think Jesus was okay with that. Maybe. But think about this. My wife teaches Sunday school. Yeah. And she doesn't often get to listen in Sundays. Yeah. And so it comes to mind. It's like, well, what if she was just like, no, I'd really rather listen. And yeah. then just doesn't go down there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> People gotta help out. Right? I know. I'm just like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling like, man. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know how to think about it. This is because yes, I was like, that's that is that's kind of like comes to mind, and I and I in a way feel a little sorry for Martha, but I can't because it's Jesus that's saying it. So what am I going to disagree with Jesus? I know <laughs> that'd be, it. That'd be I know it. It's not like <laughs> someone else. No. If if even if it were Solomon himself, we could be yeah. like, well, in this yeah. case, Solomon's wrong. But it's Jesus. <laughs> I know it's Jesus. He's not going to be wrong. <laughs> You know? Jesus help us. What in the world? No doubt. Well, here are a couple of words <laughs> that stood out to me that might might speak to that. Um, the narrator says, Luke wrote that Martha was distracted with much serving. Mm. She went up to Jesus and she said, Lord, don't you care ah. that my sister has left me That's good. to serve alone? Okay. What about the way Martha's approaching it? Martha has the wrong priorities. Because if she's distracted with much serving, she's elevating those jobs that need to be done too highly. Mm-hmm. She's putting them on too high of a pedestal. Yeah, They might need to be done at some point, and maybe it would be good if somebody helped her too. Yeah. Um, but, but she is anxious. And, oh man, this is hard because... Um, because Martha's not a Pharisee. She's not, you know, like Mm-mm. nasty to to strangers or something like that. You know? Just her sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. But at the not same nasty. time, but you know, yeah. you get the feeling that Martha's also a follower of Jesus, or right, you know, absolutely. And so, so, but Jesus knows her heart. She's the one that welcomes Jesus into her house. Mary happens to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that Martha just, Jesus knows her heart and he uh-huh. knows that she's distracted and um, uh, just three oh, words oh. describe her. Distracted and then the two that Jesus uses, anxious and troubled. Distracted, anxious, and troubled. Yeah, if, if I don't do this now, it will not get done. So maybe there's a different way to get things done. And maybe there's a way to get those things done with freedom and not with distraction, anxiety, and trouble. Mm-hmm. And it's evidenced by the way she talks about other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? I'm, listen- I'm listening. So I'm just thinking this. I'm just thinking out loud here. We can often tell whether someone has a desire or a demand based on how they treat another person. Like, I have a desire that when I'm driving down the road that I won't encounter many other cars on the road. But if I'm, um, you know, muttering under my breath or um, um, raising Mm -hmm. my voice at another driver or calling them a name or something like that, then you could tell if you're my passenger that I have a demand that no one else is on the road. Yeah. And it's okay to desire that. 
no one's on the road. Mm-hmm. It's not okay to demand it. So, so by the way we treat other people, I think we can tell a, a heart. Right? And, you know, I agree. I agree. I think that's a really good point. Um, and, I'm, and I'm reading Martha's words. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. It's almost like maybe she's resentful that Mary's not helping her. She has, she's actually maybe angry with Mary. And this isn't really, like, it's not really just about this stuff needs to get done. It's just, it does need to get done, and I'm stuck in here doing it, and while she should be she, helping me. While she's out there hanging out with my guest that I brought into the house. Yeah. And um, she actually might be more guilty or being feeling a, a sinful thought that is that's harsher than Jesus leads on. And I wonder if Jesus is talking to her differently. So, you know, obviously in this day and age, I don't know if it's even true. I, I think it is. <laughs> uh, the world is confusing me. But I think that... <laughs> yeah, you and me both. By and large, in general, and I'm, I've been married for 16 years... Um, you know, women and men have different sensibilities in general. Um, and I think that Jesus might talk to her differently than he would talk to a man doing something similar for in a, in a right way. He's being, he's being gentler with her, I think, than he might be with just a man. And it, I don't think it's because a man's stronger in some area. I think that men and women like to hear crit- criticisms differently. So do you think that she's coming with a similar heart that a lot of people that encounter Jesus in the Gospels come with. And those guys, when they're men, Jesus is sometimes a little bit Yeah, he might call him a, he might call him a snake or something like that. And like to me, that is actually how I would prefer to hear it. Uh-huh. But I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna be harsh like that with my huh. wife. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Even if I am critical of something she's doing, I'm probably going to I've learned be gentler with my words because it's more effective, and oh. she will appreciate it differently than she would appreciate. You're just a snake, or there's different words in this day and age that are probably similar. Yeah, you know, yeah. a son of a gun or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, that Jesus might be calling these guys, and then that might get them to wake up. And I, I know in a lot of cases it would me. Yeah. Whereas being that gentle with me, direct approach. And I think that's probably because that's probably why we didn't understand this to begin with. Is because so. it's little, because I I think there might be something. Well, to you that. know what? Besides I don't know. the I fact be wrong, that it's possible, but besides the fact that she's resentful at Mary, she's actually a little resentful at Jesus. Yeah. Lord, do you not care? That's a that's an accusation. Mm-hmm. That's an indirect. I don't know if it's passive aggressive, but it's it's a little passive. It's a little indirect, but it's an accusation. <laughs> it is. And I think that I had the same thought about Jesus when we first read this. I was like, you know, this stuff needs to be done, Jesus. You know, give Martha a break. But <laughs> like we said, it's Jesus, so we can't take the words yeah. with anything. Yeah. But uh, Now, obviously, the entirety of Scripture are right. the words of God. Right. But, but when Jesus speaks, he speaks correctly. Exactly. exactly. He speaks precisely and perfectly. Yeah. And so, hey, there's something in that where... Now, here's the thing about this passage that I think people get wrong. Some people will look at this and say, well, some people are work-oriented people, task-oriented, and other people are people-oriented people, and we need both to make the world go round. I don't think that's the point here. Because you can get those task-oriented people to look at Martha and go, Martha's my hero. 
you know, Martha is me in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, but you in the Bible would get called out mm-hmm. if you really like Martha. Yeah. Whatever, whatever Martha's doing, it's not like that's just how some people are. Whatever Martha's doing is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of what she did was very appropriate. Totally. There's she nothing welcomed wrong with... him into her house. Yeah. She's introduced other people to Jesus. Mary didn't, maybe didn't know him before. So that's a wonderful thing. She's serving him. That's a wonderful thing. But somehow in her heart, she started, started to get it wrong and she started to look at other people. And I wonder if it's, I learned this a long time ago, um, this little phrase, comparison kills contentment. Yeah. And I wonder if she sees Mary at the feet of Jesus and suddenly comparison is killing her contentment. Mm-hmm. Because she may have been satisfied if if Mary wasn't getting just to sit there and comparing herself. She may have been satisfied with doing what she was doing. Yeah. Um, maybe there was nothing wrong with what she was doing, but the anxiety and the you know the thoughts of Mary and that that actually elevated it to a place that Jesus had to confront her. And suddenly she's caught in a little bit of a prison. I've got to get all this work done. And now she's caught in a second prison. And these people should be helping me. But they're leaving me to do it all by myself. And that resentment turns into bitterness. And then it comes out into accusation against God. Mm-hmm. You know what I like about God and Jesus uh-huh. in this? Is he is happy that Mary feels free not to go do those tasks. He's happy yeah. when we have the freedom yeah. to just sit and enjoy him and yeah. enjoy his presence and not feel like we have to go be busy. Yeah. We don't we can leave the dishes yeah. and finish, you know, listening to this Bible study and enjoy it. We can leave it and we can rest or we can go to church and on a Sabbath. We can take a rest a day of rest like God exa- exemplified for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and not think about work all day. Yeah, we can just put it aside. We can rest. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's, it looks to me like Jesus says that's the right choice. No doubt. You made me think about prayer. I can stop working so hard sometimes and trying to be efficient and get things done, and I can spend more time praying. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get something done, if I've got to push it off to the next day, ugh. That's okay. Yep. I ugged because I was just thinking about, you know, just people in church that I've been praying for. Or we have prayer teams and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I remember just like it was this week or last week. And I was praying for somebody in a prayer team. And there was like a text message that I was waiting to get from someone. And like I kept getting distracted. I would pray for them for like a couple seconds. And then I'd check my phone to see if I got that text message because I need to get it and respond really quick, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'd pray a little bit and then I'd check my phone for text message. And I was like, man, this is just gross and interrupting what I need to be spending some time in prayer and just empty my mind of this stupid and sit device. At his feast, yeah, right? sit at his feast and just yeah. not worry about yeah. The fact that I need to respond quick because I don't. This is way. This prayer is way more important. Yeah. Um, just let it go. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't take the phone with me outside when I go out there to pray. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Ugh. So Mary has chosen the good portion, and Jesus says, "And I'm not taking it away from her." Well, he says it. 
in a passive mood, it will not be taken away from her. But he's the one that would take it away. If yeah, if Martha it was me. like, Martha's like, I want you to take this away from her, and he's like, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. She's chosen the good thing, and so maybe what? What's the bottom line here? Yeah, we need to work, and yeah, we do need everyone to help out, but but what? Not at the not at the cost of worship. Yeah, or or just the being with God when you need to be being with God as priorities need to be shifted. Um, not that work doesn't need to be done. I don't think this is after talking. I don't think this is what this is talking about. Like it's about I do shifting priorities though, Brock. I think that's exactly what it is. We got to be ready to shift those priorities. Mm-hmm. Cause Jesus was pleased with Mary's priority. Yeah. And Mary probably yeah. is a perfectly hard worker. Yeah, um, probably so. I don't, uh, I, you know. And that's the thing. You know, when people make this um, into a dichotomy between task-oriented and people-oriented individuals, what in here tells us that Mary is a people-oriented individual? Nothing. She's a Jesus-oriented individual. You read my mind. Yeah. That's what she is. This, that, there's, no, there's no task versus people orientation here. No. We've got to be ready, no matter what our orientation is, to shift it toward God. Yeah. And and we're going to find freedom in that. We're we're going to find that distractions, anxiety, and trouble are not where Jesus is. If we can shift those priorities. Yeah, that's good. All right, you want to go to the next? Yeah, verse? I was thinking so. Let's go to that. So it's a good thing because that's short. We've we've used up all we got on that one. So let's look at, at the next passage here. And um, it's talking about how, you know, you know, one of the most famous passages are that, you know, obviously Jesus cares about the birds. How much more valuable are you, human, who's made in God's own image and has the ability to speak life and truth and has the ability not only to um, serve God, but also to choose to rebel against him. Like you have this complexity about you as, as a, as a human creation made in God's image. Of course, God cares about you more than he cares about a bird or a flower, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the birds and the flowers don't worry and they're taken care of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so God he's knows. kind of saying, be like the rest of nature and stop worrying about it. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. And why? Based on what? The love of God, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he keeps saying, your father. He says it at least twice there. Your father knows. Your father's good pleasure. And that's a huge, huge um, weapon against anxiety. Is yeah. that the one I'm really trying to please, you know, if I'm getting all anxious about about God or, you know, the the one I really need to see my predicament is not merely God, but father. Yep. He's my dad. And so he, he cares about you. He knows what you need. Yeah. And I don't think I would have gotten, I, I mean, I, we're both fathers. And so uh-huh. we actually can really understand that. Yeah. We know what our children need and we know what they don't need. Jesus they want knew. stuff all the time, but I know they don't need that. That's not going to be good for them. Yeah. I'm not going to give them that stuff. Yeah. But if they need anything, like I'm going to foresee that even usually before they even know it. 
mm-hmm. and it's there and ready for them on the first day of school or no whatever. Doubt. No it's doubt. not something that I will neglect. And if I find out they need something, then I will do whatever. I'll sell stuff to get it for them. My daughter um, joined a soccer team and didn't have anything for that. She didn't have soccer shorts, cleats, shin guards, socks, a bag to transport all of that in. Um a water bottle. There was a bunch of things she didn't have. Hmm. Um, you know, it was really hot. It was 90 degrees out. She didn't have little tank tops to wear, you know, for practice or anything. I was excited to go and get all that for her. Mm-hmm. Because I knew she needed it. Mm-hmm. So we went out um, to the sporting goods store and just bought all of that. All at once. And enjoyed it. And it was fun. It was a pleasure. You know what I mean? It was overflowing out of my heart. I was like, yes, I'd love to do that for you. And I'm I'm a sinner. God's not a sinner. How much better of a dad is he than than either of us? Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, if we can recognize... That there's a great and deep love that God has for us. We can be free. Mm-hmm. We can pursue that freedom. You know, Jesus knew what Martha needed and didn't need. And Jesus was thinking, he doesn't know what we need. I wonder if we tell, tell God, you know, if we make those assumptions to God sometimes. I wonder if I do. God, you don't know what I need. This is what I need. Where are you? And why aren't you coming through? That's a foolish statement. That's so foolish. Like, it's crazy for us to think that we could possibly know yeah. what we need more than God knows what we need. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. But I wonder if we do. And I wonder if that's where the anxiety comes from. Yeah. You know, it's like, because anxiety is this idea that I think I can see the future and it doesn't look good. Or I can't quite tell how it's going to go. It could go bad. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what anxiety is. Yeah. Oh, man, I never thought about that. Because, yeah, we do, and we're good at it. I mean, we have a prefrontal cortex. We can, humans are, are pretty good at estimating the future. Um, that's actually what makes us unique against other animals a lot, in a lot of ways, is that we can kind of tell the future based on all the information available to us. We know what is going to, we can see the consequences ahead of time. Sometimes but we don't. we don't have enough information, do we? Well, yeah, we don't. We, we are estimating and we don't know the future. God literally knows the future. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And knows what... Jesus said it. He knows what you need. He and knows. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Exactly. He's not He's not guessing. He isn't giving us he's the not best... Guessing. He's not giving us the... He's not just better at predicting the future than us. Right. He's not just smarter than us. Right. He literally knows the exact details of the future he's down not, to the most tiny you know thing yeah, he's not packing our lunch bag or our suitcase going and if it rains you'll need this and if you have to go nope. an extra couple of hours you'll need this no nope. he acts you know because then we'd get our suitcase and we'd be like oh i've got all the contingencies planned for god's not planning for all the contingencies no he he made he had grandma accidentally leave her umbrella in our car's trunk because he knew when we were going to be at the soccer game next week, it was going to rain and we wouldn't have enough, we wouldn't think to bring an umbrella. Yeah. I mean, he literally he will does that, that stuff all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time he organizes that stuff. And so, like, we get worried because we're trying to plan for every contingency. 
Yeah. And God's saying, I know the exact thing that's going to take place. And I love you. And I'm going to provide for you. Mm-hmm. So how does that set us free? Um, I mean, plan for the future, right? Work hard, right? Like Martha. Yeah. But I already, I'm already doing a good job of that, of overworking to plan and work. So it's one of those things where like, that's something that I need to internalize to back off of a little bit. Yeah. You know, because we, not everybody is, is educated in life to the point where they know how to set aside money for the future plan. And so there are people that literally need to be taught um, those skills because right. they're not easy skills to learn on your own if you're not taught that. Right. Um, but having had parents that taught me that kind of thing, I now over plan in a lot of ways or over get overly anxious about that kind of thing. And I need to back off. Yeah. Um, now I don't do a wonderful job at all that, but, uh, I think I get too anxious about it in this case. You know, I have kids, and I've said this before, I think, even in other podcasts, but I've told my kids um, not to worry. I want them to share their toys with their cousins or with yeah, their yeah, friends yeah, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is really good. Even even if they have a friend that is known for breaking things. Right, because? It's because I'm going to, I'll replace it. Yeah. It's like, I want you to share it. I, your dad is telling you to share this toy, knowing that I have the ability to, if your friend breaks it yeah. I will get you another one and that's if, if you need it or one whatever. of the very things he mentions in the in the last paragraph yeah. he says he goes sell your possessions and give to the needy why because we have a loving father who knows how to take care of us yeah one of the ways he takes care of us is providing us with opportunities to take care of others we don't have to be so stingy yeah as we plan for contingencies because the truth of the matter is when we're t- if we're taking care of others we aren't just taking care of their physical needs because that's way too shallow for God. God isn't just concerned about our physical needs. Mm-hmm. He is concerned about those things. Yeah, but yeah. when we take care of others, we can be a mouthpiece for Jesus. And that person that received some care uh-huh. um, can can find out the reason for our hope. And, yeah. and they themselves can become a child of God and have a father who yeah. they can then start to learn these things from if they put their trust in Jesus. Meanwhile, he's taking care of our character in ways that we wouldn't really bother to take care of it. You know, no. he's creating faith in him. He's creating generosity and love for others. And we don't necessarily feel like working on those when we're being anxious. We feel like really just protecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, and honestly, if there's no God and there's no Jesus then that's actually probably the smartest thing to do yeah. is protect yourself and yeah. hoard and get get everything you can. Only but, as socially um, acceptable as as it may be. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And still itself keep, is protection. Exactly. It is. Yeah. You're protecting against yeah, social backlash of you being too greedy. Yeah. Um, right. So you need to balance Striking that. Striking the balance. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, but yeah, if there, is no, if there is no father, if we have no father... Mm-hmm then we have to take care of ourselves. So here's what you just said. If we're, as as Christians, if we are living stingily, is that a word? Mm-hmm. If we're being stingy, if we're being greedy, um, if we're um, 
really just thinking about ourselves and protecting ourselves, we're living like atheists. We're living like we don't believe we have a father. Exactly. We're living like an, a, a, somebody who does not believe there's a God. Yeah. Yeah. And let alone a father who loves you. <clears throat> yeah. So we live like atheists. Yep. And, I mean, atheists love to talk about how um, prayers are pointless and you're praying to this invisible spaghetti monster or whatever. Uh-huh. And that's fine. And, you know, if I were in their shoes, I'd probably say and think the same things. It's logical from that perspective. But at the same time, in order for us to prove that we really have a foolish belief that we're bound and determined to live our life based on, we need to make foolish choices according to the world. We need to give away things that are beyond what we should be oh able to give goodness, away. Oh my goodness, that is so true. We need to show the foolishness of our faith by putting our trust in God in a way that goes beyond like hedging our bets. Yeah. You know, like... Um, and in that foolishness, freedom. In that foolishness is is yeah. peace, joy, what, oh. what Jesus called uh, said of Mary, the good thing. Mm-hmm. You found the good thing. Yeah, Jesus doesn't need us to hedge our bets. He doesn't need us to yeah. protect ourselves. Oh. If he's real and we believe it, mm-hmm. then he's going to show up and he's going to prove himself. Yeah, He's going to prove himself to them and to us, and he will get all the glory. And he will. Because we'll be saying, yeah, it looked foolish, but look what he, look how he came through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of me saying, yeah, you know, look how I saved. Yeah. It's, look how he came through. I gave away too much. I took care of too many people. <laughs> but not to God, I didn't. Nope. Just the right amount. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I could have done more. So I think um, um, it's invaluable if we want to fight anxiety to get kind of really, I hate to say it like this, but to get over ourselves. Like we're the ones that will protect yeah. and provide. That's a good way to put it. But to move beyond ourselves to the fact that not only do we have a God, but a loving Father. Mm-hmm. Loving Father. A loving Father, yeah. And, and Jesus, just like Jesus loved the rich young ruler, and just like Jesus loved the Pharisee who uh, didn't want the lady to wash his feet with her hair and her tears. Jesus loves Martha. He wants Martha to have him fully mm-hmm. and to and to have the best thing he doesn't mm-hmm. he's not loving mary more than he's loving martha he's no. just saying she is right now doing the thing that she needs and i'm not going to take it away from her and she's doing the right thing yeah and and martha yeah. i'm going to give you some food for thought you yeah. can too yeah and and you're right he said it so kindly he says at the end of this where your treasure is that's where your heart is also and you described it like that is like well if we really do believe in God, then we need to do things that look like we believe in God. Yeah. That's where, if that's where our heart is, I, I'm sorry, if that's where, yeah, our treasure that's is, where yeah. we'll put our treasure. We'll start to do things that look like we believe in God. Hmm. But if really our heart is all about self-protection, that's how we'll store up. I think it's so easy for a Christian to get into that. Not just, not just anybody, but even a Christian. To start to think, you know what, I work hard, I try to do the right thing, I try to give away this much money, I try to do all of these things, but what about me? How am I going to take care of me? And we really, we need to be set free from that. Yep. 
Right. Well, should we take a little break? Yeah, let's take a couple minutes break, and then we'll come back, and we'll wrap it up, and we'll roll for our next topic. That sounds great. Sweet. Okay. We should have been recording. Oh, my goodness. We're back, but, man, we just had a really good conversation that we forgot to record. I think it was better than the original Ugh. podcast that we did today. Oh, man. So dumb. We do Too it all late. the time. Too late. We get off the podcast, and we think we can just talk freely, and we have the greatest conversations about Jesus. Anyways. About about not training for war, Isaiah chapter 2. Yeah. About angels that are made for singing... Yeah, how about everything? But you and I are not. Exactly. What are we made for? And then we got all the way back around to... We actually came back to anxiety. Anxiety. And it was a perfect little topper. Anyway, sorry you missed it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to... um, We're going to wrap up. Do we want... Oh, I need to get my die out. So, hold on. You go ahead and do that. I didn't prepare very well. No problem. How about I wrap up with just a couple things here. So... We're wrapping up the idea about anxiety and finding freedom. And I know a lot of people struggle with anxiety. And they even need anxiety medication and whatever. And I'm not throwing any of those people under the bus or saying there's something wrong with them or anything like that. Or if they would just be more spiritual or trust in Jesus more, they would need, you know, they wouldn't need those meds or whatever. You know, sometimes chemicals need to be reset in our minds. What I am saying, though, is that... We want to aim for a Jesus-centered life. And the more that we do aim for a Jesus-centered life, the more God will take anxieties from us. And um, he, he knows the right pace for you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knows the, 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 way to, the way to calm your spirit. And he knows what he's leading you through along the way. So if he's doing it slower for you and faster for someone else, as far as, you know, getting you out of anxiety, well, he's got a perfect plan for that. And he loves you. And that whole process is is a process that, that is drawing you, your unique personality. It's designed to draw your unique personality to him in a special bond. So I just want to encourage our listeners with that. Yeah. And Jesus has words for you here. Absolutely. And I think these words can bring life into anybody's life Yeah, that struggles in it with anxiety, um, especially if you put your trust and your faith in Jesus and yeah. if you call him your Lord and you know that we have a father, uh-huh. um, these words can, can help to bring healing regardless of where you're at. These yeah. words are not for these words are not for healthy people. We're not Christians did Amen. not come to Jesus because we're healthy. Right. We come to Jesus because we're desperately broken. Yes. I am one of these people. And this isn't a thing where like you get over it and past it. I mean, it can be an up and down battle for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, which may you know, may contradict something that it sounded like I was just saying, or it may contradict something that you've always felt in your in your in inner person like What's wrong with me? I should be over this by now. But maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe these words, like you said, Brock, are words that are for you, for your recitation on a regular basis to remind you who really does love you and who's watching over you. Yep. Luke chapter 10 was the story of Martha and Mary. Luke chapter 12, towards the end, is where you find Jesus talking about anxiety. 
and the Father providing and birds and flowers and that God loves them, of course he loves you. He loves us. We are made in his image and we are precious to him. Every one of us. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Wow. Okay, let's roll. Let's do it. All right, we're going to roll to see what we talk about next All right. week. All right, so we can't get 12 through 15 or nope. 9. All right, so let's do which, one do, which one do you want? Let's see. Jesus' temptation would be fun. Isn't that the one we were looking forward to, or is that one we were wanting to like wait on? We were waiting on 19 and 20. We're late. Let's, wait. let's still wait on that. Let's, so hit number two. I want two, man. Matthew two. 4 is fun. I mean, okay. it's, it's not, I mean, it's weird, but man, it's a good one. It's weird fun. Get number two. One. Number one. From, From these stones. stones. That's a good one, too. You like that one? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Matthew chapter three. So that's this one right here. Yep. Number one. And oh, this, this one's one good. Is done. Oh. Man, we said get two and you got one. You were really close. Really? Actually, it's not close on the die. Two it's is not. almost on the opposite side. Oh. There's two and there's one. So you weren't but close at all. Close, you know. N- n- Numerically, yeah, I was gonna say but alpha not physically, yeah, not physically. So okay. that's just how a a um, icosahedron works. The uh, if you know if an icosahedron, a one is always directly opposed to the twenty. So actually, the way that's you how can, a six sided die is. Yeah, the way it adds up is the, the, the opposite sides always add up to mm-hmm. one plus the mat the max. So the opposite sides always add up to twenty one on a okay. twenty sider. Okay, so yeah, eleven and ten are opposite. Because that adds up to 21. Yep. There you go. Cool beans. Okay. Good. Freedom Current. Freedom Current. See hey, you next thanks time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.